You are listening to the Visualising War podcast. In each episode, we talk about representations of war in art, text, film and music. With new guests each time, we look at how people have described or imagined war in different periods and places. And we discuss the impact which war stories have on us as individuals and societies. When we recorded this episode, Zoom wasn't playing ball with us at times, so listeners might notice a few squeaks in the sound. So apologies for the sound quality on some bits of this recording, but we hope you enjoy it anyway. Hello, my name is Nicholas Vieta. And my name is Alice Koenig. And we co-direct the Visualizing War project at the University of St. Andrews. Our guest today is Rana Ibrahim, an Iraqi artist, filmmaker and museum curator now based in Oxford. We've invited her onto our podcast after finding out about a remarkable project she has set up, the Iraqi Women Art and War Group, which gives Iraqi women an opportunity to express their experiences of conflict through individual and collective artwork. So the arts they have produced has a lot to teach us about how civilians and particularly women see and visualize war. But we also hope to find out more about how the process of storytelling through art has brought displaced women together, helped them reflect on their own experiences and perhaps even changed wider perceptions of conflict in Iraq and elsewhere. So Rana, hello and welcome. We are delighted to have you with us today. Hello, hi, Nicholas and Alice. Marhaba, salam alaikum, ahlan wa sahlan. Uh, Rana, maybe we just start off with a bit of background information uh, on you. So you grew up in Iraq and um, your life there was dominated by war. Um, can you start by, by telling us and our listeners a bit about your experiences growing up? Uh, yes, thank you very much. It's a very important question to start our chat today. Uh, so, yeah, so all my life, um, since I born in 1972 um, and uh, carry on with my uh, family, ordinary life, uh, we experienced war. So the first war uh, for me was with Iran. So Iran and Iraq war in 1980 for eight years. So from 1980, 1988. Um, so this is, that was the first war. Um, and the second war was like with the uh, first US war um, and started in 1990 um, and it's ended around 1998. Uh, and that's after the invention to Kuwait, unfortunately. Um, so then is, is again starting the Operation Desert uh, Fox from 1998 till 2002. And unfortunately, I left, actually, I left Iraq in 2000. So I haven't experienced the war myself uh, when it started in 2003. So this is my story in, in, with the war in Iraq. Yeah. And Rani, you mentioned that you, you came to the UK in 2000. Can you talk us through your experience of leaving Iraq and what it's been like to settle and make a new home in the UK? I uh, arrived UK 2003. From 2000 to 2003, uh, I was in Malaysia with my husband and uh, he was studying there his master's degree. And we thought, OK, we're going there for um, his study and then we back to Iraq. But unfortunately, the war started in 2003. We couldn't go back to Iraq. So uh, uh, my husband, he was born here. He's Iraqi, but he was born here in, in England. 
That's why we could emigrate uh, to uh, England in 2003 because of his uh, uh, British. And otherwise, we, we have no chance. We have to go back to Iraq even with the war. Yeah. Uh, during the, the, the war uh, started in 2003, I was in, outside Iraq. And, but my family, my, my mother and my father and my sister and all relatives, no, not everyone wanted to go out, to be honest. Not everyone wanted to leave the country because of the war. Um, and even me, I just wanted to be back as well. But I was uh, watching as everyone else uh, through the, the, the TV, what is happening, the invention, uh, inv invasion to Iraq um, um, in 2003 and, you know, praying and I, we were like, we don't know what's happening. It's just like a, a news for me, like everyone else. But I was in contact with my family. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, we were, there's a, a really huge question, big, big question about this 2003 war. What is it about? So my feeling was in, in a conflict. We wanted to get rid from the uh, previous regime uh, because of his way of controlling the country. And the same time, there wasn't any plan for us. So it's really confusing. So you don't know if you want to be happy or not. I was in, in conflict inside me. And, you know, even if he, if he was a, a dictator, he was like the president and he was uh, controlling in the country. There was education, there was a life there and everything plus the war. You know, so it's kind of we lived in this as ordinary things for us. Yeah, so it, it's a an odd way I guess. That's yeah. a really interesting perspective there Rana that you've just given us this sense of both distance and proximity you know what life was like in Iraq the the complexity of some things going well but some things being difficult um, and then having to experience that um, from the UK just through partly through news reports through what your family was going through um, that must have been really extraordinary and, and very difficult can you tell us a bit now about your art? Have you always created art? Is it something you've started doing more recently? Um, so my professional as an archaeologist, so I always work with the objects and I, can, I, I could see a lot of lovely art or ancient art and engaging with it. Um, so through my museum career, I was engaged with art in a different way with the objects, uh, doing some artwork with the education and outreach department, talking about the objects uh, and what is the patterns inside uh, uh, on it and what is represent. Um, so I have this kind of art uh, passion. But uh, to be honest, I tried um, tried it uh, more in through my project called the Iraqi Women Art and War. Uh, when I start doing the exhibition and creating some art piece with uh, another artist, and inspired us to talk about war through art. So that's when I discovered myself starting doing some uh, artwork. But before, it's like I I used to do um, working with the you know, uh, 3D object and like to work with the clay as well, doing some uh, statues and small things. 
I guess, I guess that brings us right to a question that I have um, for you, and that is how you would describe your particular style of art. So you mentioned the, the, the clay statues and uh, what, what, what techniques do you, um, do you use and what kind of style do you, um, do you adopt? Are there preferred materials that you use? If you could just tell us a bit more about you as an artist and the, the kind of art that you produce. Yes, thank you. It's actually, I, I now I prefer collage artwork. Um, I started my uh, working with the, with the other artists in doing some uh, sketchbook and some artwork around the sketchbook, which is part of my exhibition. And then I found myself more into, um, uh, more into collage artwork. Previously, before the lockdown, I started doing my YouTube channel, Iraqi Women Art and War, uh, to prepare myself starting filming. So I like filming as well. So I just have my iPhone uh, uh, with the stick and I film. So filming myself talking about some where I used, where I'm living in Oxford, when, and then Uh, uh, give this experience to my family in Iraq. So I was filming in Arabic, uh, if it is uh, direct to the Iraqi people or people who speak Arabic. And I, when I went to Iraq in 2018, after 18 years, I haven't been there. So I wanted to be documented. So I start filming over there as well. So I did create this YouTube channel with this short film. Honestly, it's not really professionally done. It's me holding and just filming documented what I wanted to document and share in the UK with my friends. And I established good French friendship and families here as well. So I wanted to have this. So it was in English for people here and in Arabic for people there. So this is the film ma uh, filmmaking. And then um, back to the UK and carry on with my artwork, the artist. And then I establish more during the lockdown doing art, collage artwork, more, more like because I couldn't go out. So all my feelings, my it's helped me to support my mental health. So it's, I started doing a lot of collage artwork. This is how I found myself now with collage artwork, yeah. And um, if, if I may just follow up on this, um, what kind of materials do you use for the collage? Is this mostly paper or is this um, uh, cuttings or um, yeah, how do you do yes. those? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, so this is really good point because I use what is available. So anything, I start collecting every rubbish. <laughs> Everything come across the the door with a, a letterbox. I put it and the, the image is cut or um, without even using scissors. So you just need to use your hands and just tearing it. And I have like a pile now with uh, uh, with a lot of uh, scrap paper and from magazine, from newspaper, or any uh, adverts come through the door and collecting so i use uh, trying to reuse some materials and throw it away so um i feel like i uh, helping with the environment and recycling <laughs> re-recycle <laughs> yes yeah. that's uh, yeah that's that's very interesting um 
um, we, we are quite interested in the in the ways in which you can use everyday objects um, in order to tell your in order to tell your stories. And um, we have um, we we have had similar conversations also with other artists who have a similar approach and um, really use whatever is available to produce their art, which is something we find very very interesting. The inspiration of reuse objects. It's come from the first artist in Iraq, uh, which is my sister. She inspired at the beginning to do the Iraqi Women Art and War group. Uh, so she is the inspiration because in Iraq, she's an artist. She doesn't have all the materials. So she used what is available in her house to recreate a very beautiful object uh, and to decorate her houses. So she used yeah. and recreate a, a very a beautiful piece of art. And from her, this experience, I found her, she's coping with the war through this. And she's not actually destroying any gloves, even if it is old. Instead, she's re use it to make an, uh, an object. And this is all available on my website as well. Um, and there is a YouTube channel of uh, uh, a video of her exhibition was in museum, uh, Soldier Museum of Oxfordshire as well, um, was a preview. We should mention your website address, Rana, www.iwaw19.com. So Iraqi Women Art and War. 19.com and I should say also that we have Rana has very kindly agreed to pop a few images um, that she's going to be talking about today in a blog on the Visualizing War website so so viewers can look at them there too. So I, I guess um, uh, Rana um, sort of uh, t taking up what you were just saying about your sister one could say that both the, the kind of material that you use but also the, the methods that you use that's a very personal statement as well, and you're almost uh, sort of creating and continuing a bit of a of a family tradition in the artwork that you create here. You also said, and I found that quite interesting and wanted to follow up on this a bit, you said that the artwork helped your sister also to work through the experiences of war. And I wonder whether you could say a bit more about that that process, how that works. Is this because the artwork is um, is war themed in some ways, or is this because it's the sort of the, the physical engagement with the material that helps with that process? So I'm I'm actually quite interested in this process of working through, and I would like to learn more about that uh, if that's possible. Yes, thank you very much. It's very important question. Yeah, so as I said, it's my the my sister, she was my inspiration to start the project Iraqi Women Art and War. Uh, as you know, you always start uh, to hear all the stories from your uh, close relative, like sister, brother, uh, family. And because she's in Iraq and she suffered a lot during this war, the 2003, and she was um, had to leave um, north of Iraq, Mosul to Baghdad, where is my family because of ISIS. So again, the war and she, she loved, she used, she always do art um, but as a normal, like any artist and things. But during the war, she started using the old materials she loved and she managed to bring, when she uh, um, escaped ISIS from the north of Iraq to uh, Baghdad, where my family live, um, um, some objects. For instance, she brought her favorite bag, 
handbag, like normal handbags, with full of memory from her life in, in uh, during her life from uh, maybe moved to when she married and moved to Iraq and maybe it's a gift or present which is full of memory for her. And instead of, uh, you know, um, and you know, it's, it's a, a leather bag, so it's like start damaging. So instead of throw it away, she starts using the leather to create a vase for putting a flower in. And so it's her memory still in this uh, handbag, but in a different format. So it's like a, a, a piece of art and she put her plan in it and she started decorating and she, um, and when I talked to her and she felt much better, you know, she's, she's showing me, look, I've done this. Uh, how do you think about this one? So she started creating a lot of lovely, um, beautiful objects and put it in, in her, uh, my family house. And she's proud of it. And I can see that her, her mental health is uh, improving. And because even the war is still there, um, unfortunately, but um, inside the house, she's trying to make it very colorful, beautiful, and decorated with her uh, uh, lovely art and uh, creative way. That's really interesting to hear that art is this is this form of therapy, almost this response, this antidote to the conflict around her, and that um, impulse to draw on personal memories and and ensure that those memories perhaps of good times are very visible and, and present in the house. I want to follow up from that a little bit, if I may, um, to ask a bit more generally about historic habits of depicting war in, in Iraq. Um, I, when you're doing your conflict art, are you, do you think you're influenced in any way by the way in which other people perhaps in the past have represented war through art or are you trying to turn away from traditional war art are there particular trends in conflict art that you're trying to resist yes so because we lived all our life in war so we had enough from um, very strong images because they used to be showing like the war uh, field with the bodies around and in, on TV of Iraq, national TV of Iraq. So we can't forget about the war and what is happening to our soldiers and they've been killed. And it's a way of, you know, capturing our memory in a very bad war image, which is a true uh, bodies and bloods and people die, died and tears and things. So it's very, very emotional and very break heart for everyone. Um, so I think I, I shifted to make, to talk about ordinary things, the life in, around us. And I think my sister exactly the same. So she's escaping the war and doing this. And, and my, for myself is like, instead of highlighting the killing and the body and the blood and things, I use uh, the normal objects and uh, uh, the, uh, the artistic way talking about our life in, uh, in, in during the war and telling people actually we are human, we, we lived normal and life uh, even during the war and we want our life back. So we want our, our ordinary things. Um, and we don't want to see blood on bodies and, you know, uh, guns and uh, explosion here and there. 
Um, so my art is actually leading people to explore who are we um, uh, as the people who escaping war um, from the, uh, the end, uh, from a bright side, I guess. Yeah, so, so people can question, okay, there are ordinary people, they have their houses, the family around, uh, and the war started and we divided and the people died. Uh, I've lost my father, for instance, because of the war. Um, I haven't seen him. So this is uh, in 2009. Just wanted to come in on this to say that I find, I find this aspect of, of, uh, of art and your art and your sister's art very interesting because I think one of the things that uh, do not really get very much coverage at all in, in the media, um, but also maybe in um, uh, generally is the question of how life continues for civilians even Uh, even during the war, and that's something that's come up several times in our discussion today, this, um, the, the fact that there's still a life going on, despite the fact that there's war, and you know, what do you do with this life, and, uh, and how do you preserve it, and how can you turn it into a basis for the future, for once the war is gone, and I, I find that a very interesting aspect of, uh, of what you're doing. Yes, it's true, because... Uh... Uh, now I'm away from Iraq, right? My sister and my family, relatives, friends, they're still there. So they have different, completely different aspects about uh, living there and the war. And what I'm trying to is to remember myself when, that's why I did my exhibition is to remember how we used to live as a family, even with the war and everything around us as a family together and we support each other and we still have a, a memory, uh, happy and sad and everything. And we lived our ch childhood with the war and, but at least with our family and in our country. Um, and we are not really escaping like uh, what's happening now. Again, just really fascinating to hear you talk through that. So your art is in part a response, but in part an attempt, I suppose, to tell that other side of the story, an antidote to the, the striking images of conflict and death that you mentioned. Um, so you're, you're, you're using your art partly, partly to process your loss, your personal loss, your father's death and, and, and your, your displacement and so on. But yes, absolutely, to reassert, to, to assert and to stretch our understanding of that wider experience, that wider experience that involves life as well as death and so on. So Rana, it's been really interesting to hear you talk about your, your own art, your sister's art. I wonder if you can now tell us a little bit more about the Iraqi Women Art and War Group, which you set up. Why did you decide to set it up? Can you just talk us through a typical meeting, for example? Uh, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, why I starting the Iraqi Women Art and War Group? Because of my, I felt like I'm losing my identity as an Iraqi. So this is the first uh, reason um, to do something about me as an Iraqi in the UK, as well as uh, to capture, to show people who I live with now in the UK about other people still live in Iraq, like, as I said, my family, and to start the project um, with about uh, this, this is like the seed of the artwork. And um, so I established it in 2018, a women group in Oxford, because I live in Oxford. 
So it's like I start uh, through also my experience with the museum and galleries and things. So we've been uh, involved with the museum association program called Diversity, uh, Transformers Diversity. When I start telling people about me as Rana, as my identity, it's a very important project was like one year from 2017 uh, till 18. Um, so I managed to see a lovely uh, people, English people from all over the UK to come to this museum association program, Transformers Diversity, when people start hearing, not just hearing, listening to me, who is this person, who's Rana. And um, even I, I used to work in a museum for uh, around starting here in the UK, since I managed to improve my English from 2007, Till like 10 years in the museum career and sector, but I still struggle to find my identity in this sector. So I wanted to do something by myself. And that's when I joined this pro project uh, with the Museum Association. Uh, and then one year I uh, managed to learn through other colleagues and um, uh, establish a good network and relationship with other colleagues. And we I told them about my idea and they started supporting me. So my team in Iraqi art war uh, exhibition is starting from that point when I have a, a great support from, um, for instance, Sarah Pichthol. Uh, she's uh, one of the coordinator of the museum association during that time uh, and she loved the idea I'm talking about she quite supported me until she stayed with me until I finished the exhibition so it's amazing and then she introduced me to other uh, brilliant artists uh, Claire Davis and uh, Lauren uh, and Shirley and uh, we all helped each other to do the uh, exhibition called Of Ordinary Things. I was just going to ask you to um, to tell us a bit more about the ex the exhibition and also um, in particular about the ways in which um, in which war um, is addressed in the artwork that you that you do whether it's in the same way that you and your sister deal with war by focusing uh, on objects that bring out the, the the stability that continues to exist despite war or whether there are also some objects that maybe directly address the experiences of um, of war so I'm quite interested yes to hear more about um, the exhibition and the kind of artwork um, that you're that you're showing there yes thank you um, so before of ordinary things, I had like the uh, a chance to go to meet my sister to bring her objects. She did in Iraq, and we met in Turkey because I couldn't go back to Iraq. And that's um, uh, in 2016 or 17, I can't remember, 17 maybe. Yeah, so it's uh, in 2016, we met there. I brought her object to share in the Museum of Oxford, uh, Soldier Museum of Oxfordshire for as a preview exhibition uh, for Iraqi women art and war. And it's available on my uh, YouTube channel if you want to see it. And that's actually her real object. I brought it and still with me. So uh, I'm interested to uh, share with other museum and gallery if they, are, uh, they want to have um, like an exhibition about her work. Um, and then that's uh, led us to start doing the ordi of ordinary thing exhibition with the Iraqi women based in Oxfordshire and with my group. We managed to apply uh, for uh, a grant from uh, Art Council England uh, 
and was successful. And uh, through this grant, I managed to have a team uh, to support me as well. And also uh, meeting with the, regularly once a month uh, uh, with the women uh, to start doing artwork. And through this, actually, it's not only the artwork, is all the stories. So to be honest, not everyone wants to talk about war. When they escape war, that's it for them. It's like, it's, it's kind of a new start for them. They don't want to talk about it. Uh, and this is opposite me. And I think it's, it's oral history. And if we're not talking about it, it, it will, we will lose it. Like now we are, what we do, what you are doing now, you, you, uh, you recording some oral history from, uh, from myself and I'm telling you about other, and that will stay and people will learn about it through this podcast, which is amazing. So I tried to do, uh, encourage the women to do the same, but through art. So they don't have to talk about a lot of things. Uh, I, I should say also that uh, I've really enjoyed looking at the clips on your IWAW19.com website um, of people just talking about what their experience, other members of your group, what their experience has been of being a part of the group, sometimes wanting to tell their stories, sometimes not. I think there's one daughter and mother involved, for example, where the daughter learned more about her mother's experiences in Iraq through being part of this group and seeing her mother's creativity come come into play than she had simply by growing up with her and talking to her so it's really fascinating and, and listeners should absolutely go and, and not just look at the artwork on Rana's website and YouTube channel but look at the the video clips which tell some of these stories that you've been talking about. Rana at the heart of the of Ordinary Things exhibition is, is a piece a really powerful piece entitled Wall of Memories um, and it's made up of a series of individual collages effectively, which combine a bit of art, well, combine art and a bit of text. And then on each of these individual pieces, there's a little box, isn't there, stuck on, that offer mm. viewers this sort of extra window, a very particular point of focus. Um, and, and those boxes are these sort of little windows that depict quite a mix of things. So some joyful things, some painful memories. I wonder if you can talk us through a little bit more how this piece of work came together, what it's trying to do. And again, just a reminder to listeners that, you know, it's well worth looking at the image of this wall of memories um, art piece, both on Rana's website and on the Visualizing Wall website. Yes, thank you very much for highlighting this. Um, so this is part of uh, of the exhibition, Wall of Memories. Uh, and uh, as you said, it's a collage artwork, but inside the box. And the box is very small, like three centimeters, uh, two centimeters depth. Uh, and it's like, um, it, it's like a small rooms for a house in Iraq. So each room, represent a memory, full of memory of this family, um, which is inspired of myself, my family. And I, I, I try to gather as much as I can uh, information from myself, because to be honest, I've lost some of memories because of the separation I had to do for, as a forced immigrant, I didn't want to leave but I have to live to, to survive. And my memory, start, I, I start losing my memory. And I want to really to capture this memory in an exhibition. People interested to come and see really a close look to this exhibition. It will be available in March, 2022. 
in the Museum of Oxford. Uh, so physically there, and people can come and see each box. So each box is represent a story of a family. And it's a painful memory with happiness and everything else. I really I find these boxes just so fascinating. I mean, it's it's really interesting to hear you talk about this sort of anxiety of loss of memory. Um, but also, I think one of the things that occurred to me while I was looking at it was that in English, we have an idiom, uh, a sort of an idea that you sometimes put your painful memories in a box and 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 shut them away. And the wonderful thing about this artwork is that Yes, there are some little memories in a box, but they're open. These boxes are open and they're coming out and they're communicating to other people now. Mm. I wonder if you could also tell us a little bit about the background so that these boxes are on a sort of a larger piece. And I think in the background to the piece, there are lots of red, brown, orange palm trees. Is that right? Can you tell yeah. us a bit about those palm trees? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I. Um... The palm trees, it's palm trees we called uh, nakhla, nakhla in Arabic, uh, palm tree. Um, so uh, it's a shajarat in nakhla. So it's very common, it's very popular, very common in Iraq. And uh, I think most of the Middle East country. Um, and um, for us from childhood, we always draw nakhla, always. In, in first things you learn in the classroom, arts, uh, session is how to draw your palm tree, the Nakhla. And it's always stick with us. And there is a lot of poem about it, a lot of idioms um, uh, about it. And it, it's saying that, uh, so the Nakhla is actually in Arabic is a feminine word. And we always um, saying the strong woman is like the palm tree in Iraq. So it's always stay stand even if it is war or something it's a very strong tree if if we go to see the history of this tree it's very strong very uh, powerful and it's also give a lot of brilliant uh, food as well the date you know and it's so delicious and sweet so the nakhla is very beautiful sweet as a uh, as a female you know and also strong so it's not about only beautiful also. It's very strong when you need uh, us to be strong. So women in Iraq, um, really with all this um, memory I have from my mother and the grandmother and all the people around me, how very strongly managed to survive all this war time in Iraq, even before I born, you know, it's always in, in war. Yeah, it's wonderful to hear about that symbolism and, and it makes that piece of art that, that collage, these different stories, these different windows onto war and gardens and, and childhood and, and barbed wire, all these little images. Um, it, it makes that piece of artwork an act of resilience in a sense, a, a, a representation of that female resilience in particular. Thank you very much. Yes, yeah, it, it is a, it's a, a part of our generation and you know, uh, to be honest as well, I don't want to lose this uh, symbol here because we are here in, in the UK and I want to, uh, to give it to my, my family, my, my girls, my two girls and, you know, and the new generation who lives in, uh, they have to travel or uh, to be a refugee or immigrant or forced immigrant here because of the war and we keep this life. So now through this exhibition, people 
you ask me now what is Nakhla, why is important? This is what is, you know, give a chance to make it more accessible and to re-union uh, uh, old generation with a new generation. I think from, uh, especially from a sort of more academic side, um, one of the things that I find particularly interesting about the artwork that, that you and your group are creating is the way in which you bring um, many different things together that, that um, I sometimes tend to think of as separate. So there's the oral tradition, for example, um, which of course can be based on objects, but usually those are objects in situ in, in the place. But here we have moving objects, objects that move between different places and, and find a new place in a, um, uh, outside of their, of their place of origin. But also you create objects to support this kind of um, um, oral, um, uh, oral memory. So, you know, the, the, the interplay um, which, of course, is something that's that's particularly interesting also to us, the, the question of interplay of, of different kinds of artifacts and texts that you create between uh, oral narratives and material objects. That's something that, uh, that I find very interesting. Um, but also the question of uh, identity and of how uh, war might impact identity, not only in the place where the war happens, but also once you had to leave that place and you have to make your home somewhere else and how you create the sort of um, uh, 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 traditions or the, the impact of, of war on, on identity, family traditions. I think that's very interesting. Um, but also what, what, and one final thing that, I was, that I've been thinking about all the time is this question of um, that we really need to think, rethink escapism. Because I mean, the, the, the first thing that I thought when you, when you said, you're working with these personal items that are connected to the normal life, you think, oh, this is a form of sort of escapism. But actually that's not the case because these objects are so intimately connected to the experience of war, they, they, they draw all their significance from, from the war that happens around them that it's, you know, it's impossible to separate these two. And that for me, that's a very interesting and important insight. Yes, true, and um, it's to be honest, it's like telling the story of people who has to leave this country or other country in war because of uh, um, because of the war, uh, and to create this art um, to tell to tell people that we've been forced to leave, and we have skills we want to share here, and we have stories. And we want to share here in a in a, an artistic way, in a beautiful way, but to just to make you question why we are here as well. What is the aim of the war? Um, what we've gained from this war? We just left our country to establish another life in this country, and people welcoming us. But is it struggling for us to get to the level? We integrate in communities and culture and different, um, you know, language and faith and everything. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying we are against traveling, but it's completely different when you travel by yourself as a tourist and you go back. So you know that you're going back and you take what you like. And is uh, by going forever, you live in your country forever and you're forced to leave and you can't even take your memory with you your objects, so you just take something in your head and if you're lucky, you will remember or you just switch off and you don't want to remember to start integrating. And that's the danger, I think, 
is to lose identity because we are escaping the history, the bad history of war. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a lot, a lot to discuss, to be honest. Yeah. And so your art is then actually giving a physical form again anew to these memories that are the almost the only things you've been able to bring with you on that difficult and challenging journey. Rana, we've mentioned that viewers can look at the wall of memories on your website and that actually they might be able to go in person, pandemic permitting, um, and, and see it in, in situ in Oxford. So what impact do you want it to have on, on people who go and, and visit your exhibition? What do you want to communicate? Um, so the first thing is to be open-minded and actually listen to us and um, and uh, start uh, learning uh, integrate with us as well as we are trying to integrate with everyone else. And actually, I want people to start really talking about stop war because it's not working. And this is the main message. Actually, is uh, is um, is women uh, suffering actually because my group is a woman, so we are suffering because of the war. And I'm not saying men, they don't, but we have a different kind of perspective. We have, we, we are leading a family, we have children, maybe the family who's left, they've lost their fathers because of the war, you know, and the mother stay and doing the two things now. And you can see from my exhibition, there is a story about different women and um, how they've lost their family because of the war. Um, and also for a new generation to actually, because we are going to leave anyway. So we live with the, so the new generation is to really um, stand together and support each other and tell the story of us. And, and like, for instance, my, my exhibition filmed by an Iraqi filmmaker. She, she left Iraq young, very young. And when I told her that we have an exhibition and she came and see, she, she started to connect again with her identity through the exhibition and she filmed it. So all this uh, Riman, she called Riman Sidani and she did the film and her mother is one of my group, uh, women group. And so this is actually, I built the connection again in Oxford um, but we want to carry on. So we establish again, hopefully the Iraqi community and identity uh, through art. Lots of different things then there, that sense of building community, um, building identity, building solidarity and empathy as well, and starting dialogues to stop war. It's really, really powerful um, use you're making there of art. Thank you very much. <laughs> And I guess it also takes us back to what we were talking about um, uh, at the beginning of our uh, of our conversation, which is the question of a kind of bridging different generations and you know passing on things and ideas from you know the past generations to us and then from us to to future generations, which also is such a strong uh, element of uh, of what you're doing here. True, that's really true. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's very important to establish this because, for instance, my children saying, why are you doing this? I said, I want to capture. Uh, I'm not going to stay um, alive all my life. And I want really to capture this oral history because even me, I, I've lost memory because of mental health. 
I some people contact me, I don't know them, but they were really close to me because of the war and because of the shock I left Iraq without with without knowing that I'm not going back until 18 years. It's really painful and um, I, I, yeah, so I have I've lost memory a lot and and that's why I started to do a lot of artwork and collage artwork and with the women, with the women because it's more stronger when you find a community, your community to support. So it's not just me, I'm establishing my career as an artist, but also encouraging people to do this with me, yeah. And can I just follow up on that? I think one of your pieces of art is a map of Iraq. Um, and it's, it seems to me from, from what you've just been saying there that one of the things you want to do is almost sort of rediscover um, rediscover your, you know, the, the place of your, your birth, the, the place you grew up in. But as I understand it, the map of Iraq piece isn't finished. So when you tour it, you're going to be inviting other people who've had experiences like you, who've left Iraq, to keep contributing their own memories so that this map continues to be filled in with and, and be a, a sort of uh, um, an object that other people can relive their memories through. Is that right? That's completely right. That's the aim of this exhibition of Ordinary Things is to be a mobile and is a moving exhibition, hopefully to meet, uh, it's like an outreach object project to go and meet uh, Iraqi families everywhere in the UK and uh, to finish this map and start working with them. Uh, or they can't come to the Museum of Oxford when it's open and do, um, uh, do we do like activity with them and um, start uh, filling the, uh, the map of Iraq um, with their memories. So because uh, this is really a, a reunite us in somehow uh, through this object. Um, and just to remember the good things uh, and is to be proud to be an Iraqi as well as a British if you are British now. And it's, that's how we uh, support each other as a civilian and human, as a woman. Um, so it, it's uh, no need to be really too much talking about um, only the horrible things of war. There is other things, good memories. It's, it's great, great to hear about all these positive effects that art has and can have and the way in which you can use art, especially collective art making, um, to, um, to, to allow art to sort of develop all these positive effects on, on people's lives and help them cope with the, um, with the impact of war in particular. Um, I, I suppose the, uh, the, the, uh, the project in progress uh, also sort of takes me to my, to my, to my question about future plans. Do you want to continue working on representations of conflict in Iraq? Um, what's in store for the Iraqi Women Art and War Group? Um, yes, so thank you again for the question. So the, the future plan is very important um, because I, I'm already starting the future plan when I was doing the previous exhibition. And that's during the lockdown, I established the group two of Iraqi women art and war in Iraq itself. So I'm engaged with the Iraqi artists in Iraq now. I have uh, the women with me um, to support them as much as I can with bringing their 
beautiful and very special uh, art. It's not only my sister now. We have around maybe five to, uh, to 10 artists with me now. Uh, and I want to bring their artwork here uh, in the UK online. So it's actually, if you go to my website, uh, so you will see uh, like the uh, artwork uh, I did through the lockdown with them. Uh, and also we have a shop in my website. We are, I'm trying to support them financially by selling their art um, uh, so they can uh, carry on doing art because it's not, in Iraq, it's not their priorities to be an artist there, different other things, but not art. And I think it's really um, very bad uh, message this, but there is artists, whatever they do, and but they don't know how to, um, uh, marketing, for instance, their art is only in Iraq because of the war. So I'm trying to uh, open a door or a window for them through my project, Iraq Women Art and War, and sell their art here or exhibit if people really want to women artwork uh, to be out uh, in their gallery, uh, online or uh, physically. Um, so they just need to contact me. So this is my one of the uh, aim actually, and to carry on building on uh, community, Iraqi community here in the UK as well. So I'm trying to expand out of the Oxford now, so some near places so people can join us as well. So, uh, but it's just need a lot of hard work, admin work and uh, um, time to do this mm. <laughs> and uh, money actually, grants. <laughs> Absolutely. It's fantastic to hear about all these these plans and how, how this project is, is now growing. It's becoming even more international and it's involving even more um, uh, more members of even more communities. So that's, uh, yeah, that's that, that, that sounds like an excellent uh, perspective for the future. And, and what you're what you're doing is really is really changing habits of visualizing war, visualizing the wars in Iraq, but visualizing war more generally. And it's it's so exciting to hear you talk, as Nicholas has said, about 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 your plans. And Nicholas and I have chatted a little bit already about how it would be really exciting as part of the Visualizing War project to stage an exhibition at some point. Rana, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. You've given us and our listeners so much to think about. Um, and we're really looking forward to following your work as you continue to tell stories and help other people tell their stories of these everyday experiences of conflict. Um, just a reminder again to listeners that you can look at Rana's work both on her website, iwaw19.com, and there are a few bits of her artwork um, on a blog on the Visualizing War Project website too. So Rana, thank you very much again for, for being with us uh, today. And uh, thanks to you also, uh, our listeners, for joining us again. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. Uh, do keep tuning in to the Visualizing War podcast. And next time we'll be talking to Ellie Head, the director of the Imperial War Museums Institute, uh, about how she and her team are experimenting with ways to deepen understanding of war and conflict through the museum space. If you'd like to support the Visualizing War project, please share and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or whatever platform you use so you don't miss an episode. And please do leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show. 
And if you'd like to join the conversation further, you can follow us on Twitter or any other social media platform of your choice. Just search for Visualising War. You can check out our website on the School of Classics website at the University of St Andrews or get in touch with us directly by emailing us at viswar at standrews.ac.uk. Our theme music was composed by Jonathan Young and the show was mixed by Sophia Gertin. 